Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. It was such a cool experience just to be able to go into the World Series. And I mean, there was the Go Irish chance. I was there for the Texas game that started and they ended up winning. And so it was just an awesome experience. And just to be able to see your brother like on that stage that you've grown up with your whole life, like it's really rewarding just to be able to see him. And I mean, I kind of see what, how like parents are so like prideful and excited for their kids. Here come the Irish. What a run! Touchdown! Play of the year for the Irish. Welcome to the Indy on NBC podcast presented by Salesforce. I'm your host, Coy Robinson. Notre Dame is now 4-3 after a big win against UNLV at home, 44-21. What happened? A lot. A lot happened. Uh, to me, the big the big highlight, like if you were going to zoom into something, Michael Mayer. I feel, like every, I feel like every week we talk about Michael Mayer and how incredible he is for good reason. I mean, he's like inches away centimeters even from breaking every single tight end record at Notre Dame. Just let that sink in for a second. And this past performance was just phenomenal. I mean, to be a tight end and to have six receptions for 115 yards and a touchdown and the second catch, it was, it was bobbled, you know, it's dropped, but when he extended to go get that ball uh, in the end zone, which would have been um, the catch that put him over uh, for the, the career touchdown mark, that catch, I was like, oh, my goodness. As a former receiver, to have that kind of just those hands. Good, great receivers don't even have hands like that. Nonetheless, great tight ends. It wasn't a catch, but when he went out, when he went it for it, I was like, man, I, I was just – I replayed it over and over again in my apartment. I, I couldn't believe that he has hands like that just to go extend it there. Uh, other performances that you want to check out, Isaiah Foskey. He had three sacks, but the big one was two block punts. I don't know what happened. It was just a complete just breakdown um, on that punt protection where he basically was unblocked twice. The mistake was made twice, the exact same thing. And I, I, you would think that like out of everyone on the on the line, you think, OK, well, maybe Isaiah Foskey should be, you know, double teamed potentially. Later, that was the adjustment. They, they, they just put two guys right in front of him and kind of uh, nullified the issue. But you thought perhaps you would do that at the beginning definitely not leave him unblocked and it changed you know the dynamic of the game early on but we got the chance to talk to a senior captain linebacker jd bertrand who had who led the team with seven tackles and he's a very fascinating individual i always enjoy being able to talk to him and i got to talk to him this summer talked about acting <laughs> talked about nil talked about everything and now you get a chance to hear him talk about acting again milan 
and uh, his brother, who now plays professional baseball. Without further ado, J.D. Bertrand. It is my great pleasure to welcome J.D. Bertrand to the podcast. J.D., welcome. Uh, you know, big win here against UNLV, 44-21, and you led the team seven tackles. So I wanted to get your insight. What went well defensively for you guys right off the get-go? Yeah. I mean, I think one of the biggest things, like, we had a lot of really great stops, really great stops, like three and out, third down convert. Like, can't they can't convert on third down. I mean, I think it was like a 0% third down conversion rate or something like that. And so, like, obviously that was really good, especially coming off of Stanford where we had some longer third downs and Stanford was able to convert. And so that's the positive. The negative is there's still little run fits here and there that broke open. And so that's obviously a big emphasis going into the Syracuse week. We, we talked to uh, Houston Griffith last week, and he was the word that he kept talking about was just execution. You know, how do you – you're halfway through the season. How do you get – down to like the execution of run fits and you know and, and wrapping up make sure you, you tackle in the open field how, how do you focus on that at this point in the season I mean I think one thing along the execution piece is that we've really kind of taken a stance like not stance but a mission kind of for the front seven including our safeties because there are a lot of times in our run fit to have some like more player-led meetings where we kind of have their like it'll be Syracuse's top runs and then the top run or the big hits from last game and just a no-coach environment where guys are able to ask questions and we're able to talk through different calls, through different plays, just so that, like, guys don't have that pressure of the coach right there and, like, they're afraid to ask the question because they don't want to sound like they don't know what they're talking about. And so just having just all the players there, like, we can hold each other accountable for the pass runs and then we can ask questions about the upcoming game plan and then how to fit different, different calls to different runs. And you, I mean, like I said, you, you led the team with seven tackles. So what did you see out there like when you were out there against UNLV? Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, like, they did a good job of scheming up some of our, like, four down kind of looks and stuff. And so the thing is, a lot of times with teams, like, any, I mean, most teams, like, if they have a play that hits, they're going to obviously come back to it. And so that big run in the beginning, like, we missed a pole. And so they came back to it. But then from that point on, they weren't able to hit it. And so – just being able to know that, be able to talk about it on the sideline, any play that hits or they get some yardage on, and being able to look at it and either adjust our defense if we need to adjust it or just being able to talk about what they ran and be able to see it the next time. And this week, J.D., I mean, Syracuse played a close game against Clemson. Did you did you get a chance to watch that game at all? Because, I mean, we're playing. I watched we're playing it on film, not, not, in per- not on TV. Yeah, yeah, but did you watch the film at all? Yeah. And then uh, what, what jumped out when you see this Syracuse team? Yeah, I mean, one of the biggest things. So, like, we played them, the offensive coordinator, last year at Virginia. And so he's got a lot of kind of tricks. They're just different kinds of looks. But, I mean, the biggest thing to us is that they have some very dynamic players, especially quarterback, running back. They have a little, like, slot kind of guy that they're kind of put them in tight end spots, but he's more of a receiver type body. And so just being able to – like eliminate those go-to guys and make sure that they aren't the kind of, they aren't the guys that are be- winning this game. Like make their whole team try and have to have an effort and not just have these guys. And so the biggest thing is just eliminate their big time plays and especially the ones including that those guys like the quarterback, running back, especially. Yeah, let, let me ask you a question, Jay. Just like mentally, can you frame this for us? You you, you play a close game against a top five team in, in Clemson. You know you you lose at the end of the game. The next week when you see, you know, Notre Dame on the schedule like that, how, how do you bounce back as a program? Because you built, you played in some huge games. You know, if yeah. you have a big game the week before and another game the next week, how do you reset and then and go out there and play? 
I mean, that's the beauty of Notre Dame. I mean, you know it. Like, it's just we have such a great schedule. Like, there's just so many like great teams that we're gonna play, and so that's obviously like just a cool part of Notre Dame. But then, I mean, I think if anything, like this season, the most has taught us like you got to enjoy the win. But I mean, wins are hard to come by, and like you have to put in the work and you have to be ready to go the next week. And so Tuesdays we call them Bloody Tuesdays because they're our work day and we get after it. And so like just being able to come in every single day and like, I mean, we hit, we do a lot of stuff on Sundays nowadays also. So like being able to watch that last game on Sundays, but then also start prep right away on that Sunday and just being able to go back to work and you respect every opponent that we play. I want want to bring you back to last year. You had a breakout year, you know, over a hundred tackles and uh, you already have 43 uh, total tackles this season. So when you thought about that massive jump from your freshman year to last year, uh, where you just go from like, I think it was like 13 tackles, I think I may be saying that wrong, to over 100. How do you how do you deal with that kind of load physically? Like that's a completely different load. Yeah, I mean, it definitely is. And it's a learning experience. And I, mean, I think I'm thankful for last year because I learned so much more this year on like trying to take care of my body and like doing the little things like just, I mean, obviously like massage, Norma Tech, like ice back, ice baths, and just being able to add those dynamics. And obviously, I mean, especially the position that I play, like it's such a grinder position and physical position and demands a lot. And so just being able to learn those little things from last year and being able to apply them this year has been so important to me. Have you, how, how do you learn you know, how to take care of your body? Cause that's like a, that's a professional yeah. thing. You know, you look at everyone in the, in the league, it says, you know, my, my body's my instrument, my body's my temple. They kind of yeah. figure out best practices. Who did you learn from? I've been super into it since like eighth grade. I mean, that's kind of eighth grade is when I started lifting and I went to this guy and my, I mean, so one of my friends named CJ Abrams. And so it was me and him and he's in MLB right now, but we'd have to write down everything we ate throughout the whole day in a journal. And he'd come, he'd, we'd bring it in every single day and he'd sit there and critique it and be like, Hey, add more of this, add more of that. Here's why. And I've always kind of been like a nutrition freak. And so, I mean, I enjoy that side of like football. And so that side has obviously been good. And then more like the body care stuff. I have a really great mentor in Victor green. He played with the jets for a long time. And, and so he's just been in my corner. I mean, since I started high school and he's talked to me about from the get go, like you have to take care of your body. Like, even if it's just 20 minutes there, 20 minutes there, or even if it's like taking care of your body, not even from recovery side point of things, but maybe even like getting a little extra core work to be able to protect like your whole body and just those kind of things. And so, I mean, from the nutrition side there, my mom's been great on the nutrition side and then to the body side with coach green, Victor green. So, I mean, that's, I've just been lucky to be able to have two, three great mentors in those recovery pieces. Do you also cook if you're a nutrition freak? Are you are you just like eating kale in your apartment? Yeah, I mean, like I try to cook. I don't cook as much just because we get a lot of food here. But I mean, growing up, we'd have roasted kale and stuff. Like we were a pretty healthy family. Wow. Okay, that's impressive. Um, you know, when, when you talk about the the middle linebacker position, when you talk about your position, you play the linebacker. It's just like to me, I always think about quarterback. It's like the quarterback of the defense. Yeah. You know, how do you um, communicate effectively to to everybody like safeties linemen how do you think about communication in your position I've definitely learned a lot this year and especially with coach golden coming from the NFL like it's just so much like hey that Mike linebacker like if he checks us like we're playing that and so I mean obviously it's a big responsibility but I mean it's fun like you be like you're able to see the different looks and stuff and I mean the biggest thing is like over communicate and 
that's a big piece of me during practice as well that I'm trying to get to everyone like, hey, like over communicate everything like me, Maris, like any other linebackers fronts, like to everybody, like just over talk. Like if you already know it, just say it because someone else may not know it and it's just be able to help someone else that might forget something or it's just I mean, it's good because then you make sure that everyone's on the same page. Was that hard for you? Because sometimes it's hard for players to, you know, like become like super vocal. I mean, I think on the field, it's not very hard for me. I'm a little bit more reserved at times. I mean, off the field and but I mean, at times you just have to bring a different personality on the field than you do off the field, obviously. And I mean, especially at this position. So tell me more about Al Golden. You know, you were saying that when you get that opportunity to call a play, and you're going for it. Um, how much trust have you built up with him? And that's a, that sounds like a pretty amazing rapport there, where you're just like, look, we trust you to call the right play, get us in the right position and play. Yeah, I mean, trust is something that we have to earn every single day, and especially as we go out through the week, because different game plans, obviously, you got to show that you know it and be able to execute it. And so it's just been a cool opportunity to be able to be coached under him. And same with James Laurinaitis. It's like, I mean, that's a pretty great combo, like a coach that's literally just came from the Super Bowl and then another GA coach that has I mean had so much experience and leading tackler and so between the two of them like obviously I need to continue to gain that trust week in and week out and each day but it's a cool opportunity and I think the more that we can communicate as linebackers and the more that we can do as linebackers the better our defense is going to be because we can get our team into better looks and better checks versus whatever our opponents are showing us. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. So now I want to pivot over to more of student life, JD, because um, you know I, I find your background like so interesting. Your your dad like played rugby. Your brother yeah. went to College World Series, played baseball. You know you're talking about CJ Abrams, like who's in the MLB. Like just let's just bring it back a little bit. You know when you talk to your brother, uh, John Michael, about baseball, what do you take from him and in the way that he prepares uh, into your football preparation? Yeah, I mean it's been really cool just to have him as a mentor, especially like last year into this year and I mean he's even here right now just because the minors are off right now and so he's actually just working here and so I'd be like I get to see him every single week and so he's been just a great influence for me especially talking about like his experience so he actually started as a walk-on at Furman got cut his freshman year made the team sophomore year went all the way transferred Notre Dame came the ace played really well and is now with the Giants organization and so just his story of his work, I mean, is really inspirational. And then just his ability to talk through, like, the confidence piece and how to have confidence. And, like, that's the one thing that you can't let waver. And then, I mean, it's just great because he'll get me – he'll shoot me a little text, like, if he knows that I had a rough game or, like, just, like, so many times you remember the bad plays more than you do the good plays. Like, he just shoots me the text that I need at the moment that I need it because he's been there and, like, I mean, he's just been through the same situation, just a different sport. That's wonderful. When you uh, you got to go to Omaha, right, for the College World yeah, Series? 
Well, okay, so describe this environment for me, because you know when I watch on TV, it seems incredible, but I yeah. couldn't imagine watching your sibling like, yeah. at that stage. <laughs> I mean, I'm actually going to take you back to Tennessee. So we we drove down me, Isaiah Fossey, Alex Aaronsberger, and Jack Kaiser down to Tennessee, and so we made it for the first game where they won it, and then my brother started the next game, and he, I mean, he started out well and then struggled a bit and got pulled. It wasn't the performance that he wanted, and so then I mean they ended up winning and going to the World Series, and so like. We were just thankful for the opportunity that he got another chance to pitch. And then, I mean, it's the most nerve-wracking moments. Like, whenever he's pitching so much worse than, like, any other sport, just because you can be pitching so well for, like, six straight innings and then one bad pitch, and it changes the whole game. And so it's really nerve-wracking, but it was such a cool experience just to be able to go into the World Series. And, I mean, there was the Go Irish chance. I was there for the Texas game that he started, and they ended up winning. And so – it was just an awesome experience. And just to be able to see your brother, like, on that stage that you've grown up with the whole, your whole life, like, it's really rewarding just to be able to see him. And I, mean, I kind of see what how, like, parents are so, like, prideful and excited for their kids. Oh, that's beautiful. And I, I know your dad played rugby. It's something that I just find fascinating. You know, the, the, I love the game. So you, I read an article recently or, or saw an interview. You said you went to Ireland and you actually got to see, like, people interacting with him. When you were with your dad in Ireland, um, what, what was that experience like walking like in his footsteps uh, where he played professional rugby? Yeah, it's definitely super cool. And I mean, it was just interesting because Ireland's such a smaller country and like the football or the rugby there is such a big thing. And so just being able to see that and like just random people come up to him, like, I mean, to some extent, like they're all older guys, but like just he went to such a fan, like, like known rugby school that, like people remembered him and he's on the wall and stuff. And it's just cool to be able to see that. And then it's cool to be able to keep those connections to like with me. And so he has friends that Isaiah Foskey and I went over there and we were able to just connect with the kids of his friends. And so we still text with them and they actually, one of the guys actually stays up and watches every single one of our games, no matter what time it is. So it's cool to just be able to have those connections. Oh my gosh. That's, that's insane. Yeah. Uh, I know next year Notre Dame's heading over to Ireland. You know, yeah. I, I, have you looked at that game or is, is there any type of excitement around that for you and your family? Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's super exciting for my family. I think the last time we were supposed to go, we had like 30, 38, I think it's 38 people that were supposed to come over. And so, I mean, my dad's a big social guy and he's a sales guy. And so he talks to everyone and sells everyone on the trip. And so it's just exciting that like aspect of it. And then also there's so many people that we know over in Ireland that it's just, I mean, it's an exciting thing kind of meeting those two, like the friends in America and the friends in Ireland. The player ticket swaps, man. You might not have any tickets the rest of the season. You got to get 38 for a game. <laughs> wow. Um, actually, this is really fascinating. The, I know you studied abroad, and I think it's like the coolest thing when Notre Dame football guys go abroad. Yeah. Uh, where did you go? What was that experience like for you? Yep. So I went to Milan, and then we spent a weekend in Florence, Italy. So, I mean, pretty cool opportunity. And that's the thing that, like, sets Notre Dame apart. Like, there's not many other schools that allow you to do this just for two weeks, three credits. And, I mean, it was actually a really good just growing experience for – there was, like, eight of us on the football team and then a couple other student athletes and then a lot of just regular students. And so, I mean, I think just with the guys on the football team, like, it was a really good just growing experience because it was a lot of offensive guys also. And you just, like, create a different bond with them because you're in a whole new environment and – I mean, at first, you don't necessarily know how to interact with everyone. And, like, our, we had a joint class, so it was half Milan students and then half Notre Dame students. And so some people had broken English and other people. Like, it was just a cool experience. And 
just a cultural experience that you don't really get at many other schools. Uh, how did you train? Where, where were you training? Yeah, that's funny. So I actually, so I took the first week off. I trained all the way up until that point, And then I took the first week off. And then the second week, like, it was pretty, it was like 150 euros for, I think it was like two weeks or maybe a month, but I would only needed the gym for a week. So I actually just found a spot in an outdoor park and I brought bands and Riley Mills and I really got together a lot and we were just pumping out bands and hitting some conditioning and drill work. And just, I mean, we looked a little bit out of place, especially him considering he's six, five and huge guy, but it was cool. We made it work. And so. That's fantastic. Um, I remember we talked to Isaiah Foskin about his time in Milan and he was saying the pizza was just so next level. What was your favorite thing to eat? Definitely the pizza. And I mean, it was to the point where like I'd go work out and then Fossi would wake up and then we'd go like, we might even just grab a pizza for breakfast as a side or like as a side snack just to bring the class or something like that. But I mean, it was just so much better than here. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. And I have to, uh, my last question before we, we wrap up is uh, what is your favorite class you're taking this fall? Favorite class. I'm only in nine credits and they're all marketing classes. So they're cool. But I mean, like definitely I'd say digital marketing. It's pretty interesting just to learn about the like, advertising side of like how you use Google and how to track all those advertisements. But I would say my favorite class of all that a couple of us have taken would be, we did, we took intro to acting for the non-major and it was an interesting class. It was fun. <laughs> yeah, I know we talked about that. Sir Anton Juan. Oh yeah. <laughs> He's the legend. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, just for everyone listening, what, what were your two plays that you did at, at the end of that class? Uh, I think, I don't know if the title, mine was called Miss Julie. I don't, I don't know if that was the exact title, but I'm trying to convince, like, a king's daughter to run away with me. And so I had to do a, a, a skit on that in front of a live audience and everything. So was what, was more, what was more uh, nerve-wracking, playing in Notre Dame Stadium or trying to convince a king's daughter to run away with you in front of a live audience in a the theater? I think – I mean, I prepared, be- I prepared well for both of them, so I was pretty comfortable, so – it worked out well. <laughs> we might see you on the stage one, one of these days. J.D., I, I really appreciate your time. Thank you for everything. Best of luck this weekend. We're appreciate all rooting it. for you. Appreciate it. Make NBC Sports Predictor a pregame ritual every week. Play Irish Pick'em for free and have a chance to win $10,000 each week. Rush the end zone and download NBC Sports Predictor app today on the App Store and Google Play Store. Thanks, J.D. Um, always a pleasure. So now the next game. This is going to be a good test for Notre Dame. I, I feel like... Every time I watch this team, this Notre Dame team, they play good teams good and bad teams bad. So Syracuse is a good team. You know, they went toe-to-toe with Clemson. I mean, granted, granted, you know, they're missing – Syracuse was min- was missing one of their top cornerbacks who's third on the team in tackles. And Clemson had to rely on their backup quarterback to win that game. So there, there are, you know, there's an asterisk, I guess, if you want to throw an asterisk around. But the team's a good team. And this will be a, a, a mighty good test for this Notre Dame team. We'll see just how 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 strong this team is against great teams. And this also will then give us just a little bit, a little presage uh, that that Clemson game, because now we know how Syracuse played Clemson, and we'll be able to just triangulate here. <laughs> how does Notre Dame play Syracuse? And then maybe we could either be uh, optimistic or pessimistic about the way they'll play Clemson. Either way. I'm excited to watch Notre Dame. So we'll be back next week with reactions to the matchup versus Syracuse and preview of Notre Dame's next game, uh, which will be Clemson. 
Be sure to download and subscribe to the Notre Dame on NBC podcast on the NBC Sports YouTube channel and wherever you get your audio podcasts. Gosh. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.